Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Talk is about to begin. Hey, 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 come on in. Welcome back to your Thursday Buckeye Talk. Doug Lamarie, Stephen Means, Nathan Baird is not rapid fire. It probably should be because I gave Nathan and Stephen homework. They sent in their homework. I've been tabulating it like a substitute teacher, and I'm not sure the results make any sense or tell us anything. Buckeye Talk. But we're doing this anyway. I'm not sure you want this as listeners. I'm not sure Nathan and Steven wanted to participate in this as journalists. And I'm not quite sure what I was thinking when I came up with this. These are fan satisfaction rankings for the Big Ten. It is a proprietary formula that I'm not going to tell you what it is because I'm not even sure what it is. But the idea was supposed to be simple and it's not. It's to combine football and men's basketball and give a rating to all 28 of those programs in the Big Ten. On a scale of 1 to 14, because there are 14 teams in the league, of how good we think that program is right now. And that rating for that program is based on the ceiling of that program. So the way, it's sort of like if you just asked a fan of that team, hey, how do you feel about your team? On a scale of 1 to 14, how do you feel about your team? A nine-win season in football at Ohio State is not the same thing as a nine-win season at Rutgers, right? So that's the thing you have to think about. But also, Ohio State has the opportunity to win a national title, which brings you a different kind of joy than a bid in the Meineke Car Care Bowl. So you, you want to have context and judge it on a curve, but not only on a curve. So we have those ratings, right? How good your program is in men's basketball and football. And then... This came from an idea that I had over the summer when I was doing the preview pods for every Big Ten opponent this year, when I had the Indiana and Maryland writers on. And that's where we are right now, by the way. Everybody else is interviewing Zach Osterman. He's doing 1,400 Ohio State podcasts this week because he's like the only Indiana football writer. I had him on in July. Go back and listen to that. He's not coming on again now. But I asked Zach Osterman and I asked the Maryland beat writer we had on. I said, in a pie, at 100% in a pie. How would you break down how much fans of, of that school care about men's basketball versus football? And so we then did that for every program, every athletic department in the Big Ten. Out of 100%, how much would fans care about basketball, men's basketball versus football? Nathan, Stephen, and I all gave a rating, and then we contacted a beat writer 
for every single program and said, what would your breakdown be of that? And then I weighted those equally. Nathan, Stephen, and I, our vote was half as outsiders. And then the beat writer, their vote for that was half. So for instance, Penn State is like 90-10 football. But there are like four programs in this conference where basketball is more important than football. And then the idea is this. How good are you at the thing that you care about the most? So if your rating in football was a 14 out of 14, your football program could not be better. But that football program then also is only a 10%. It's not the thing people actually care about. I took 14 times 10. Then maybe your basketball program was only a three in the Nathan, Stephen, and Doug ratings. But what the care factor is, is 90. So I took three times 90. And then I added those numbers together. Nathan, how many people are still listening? That was four minutes of math. Is everybody gone, Nathan? Is it just us? And, and are you two leaving soon? Yeah. Huh? Well, huh? I, huh? I, what are we doing? I, yeah. But I think it's it's an interesting week to do this exercise with the two opponents that you have coming up. This is this is the thing with Indiana football, and it was supposed to be they were supposed to be maybe taking away some of that market share a couple of years ago, right? Had a really good year, yeah. Michael Penix. Something's happening. Uh, people are getting excited. People are not excited about basketball there. They're firing the head coach, etc. And and now not so much. So there are five programs. So I think that most interesting part of this might be our breakdown percentage of the care factor out of 100. There are five programs that a combination of our vote as a threesome and then the vote of the beat writer where the basketball program is cared about more than the football program in the Big Ten. Let's guess those five programs. Stephen, guess one of those five. Indiana. Indiana is correct. That is one. Nathan, guess another one. No, it's only four. Is it only four? No, it is five. It is five. It's five. Nathan, guess another one. This is unfair because I was the one who texted him, but I would have guessed anyway. It's Purdue. Purdue is correct. But also our votes could have skewed it because that's only half the vote. So uh, Purdue is also correct. Steven, guess another one. Indiana and Purdue so far. Rutgers. No. Really? Yes, that is correct. Not Rutgers. Huh. Uh, Nathan, go ahead and guess. Maryland. Maryland is correct. That's three. Indiana, Purdue, and Maryland. Steven, guess another one. Illinois. Illinois is correct. That's the fourth. And I will tell you this other one came out 51-49 for basketball. Ooh. Nathan, you want to guess it? I mean, that, there's, there's, I had like three 50-50s on my list. Iowa? Michigan State. Yeah, I was just oh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and this yeah, is yeah. difficult that's, because that's, yeah. it's Izzo, right? So, yeah. like the success, which is fine, right? The success affects how much you care. Yeah. So now let's play. Let's do this game. So those are the five where basketball mattered more. I will tell you that there were three schools. One, two. There were four schools where the breakdown edged toward one of the programs by at least 80%. Four programs where whether it was basketball got at least 80% or football got at least 80%, there's quite a disparity in what people care about. 
Nathan, what do you think one of those four programs is where there was a huge disparity? Indiana. Indiana is correct with a huge edge to basketball. 91% basketball for Indiana, 9% football. Steven, give me another one. Penn State. Penn State, 92% football, 8% basketball. That is quite a disparity. Nathan, give me another one. Ooh, Ohio State. Ohio State, in fact. Mm. We did not get an outside beat writer because we are the three beat writers. 90-10 was our final analysis of this. 90% to Ohio State football. And I will send out a text to the tech subscribers at 614-350-3315 on Wednesday or Thursday. And we will talk about this. We will give their answer on the pregame pod, on the preview pod for Indiana, Ohio State. We'll talk about that. Uh, Steven, one more. This is not easy necessarily. One more. No, it's not. Uh, Purdue? No, not I, Purdue. Nathan, you okay. want to make a guess? I was going to guess Northwestern. It is Northwestern. It's mostly because they just they don't care about basketball at all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 80% football, 20% basketball for Northwestern. So that idea. That the idea and, and in the rankings, the, the 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 programs that people care about the most compared to the opposite, ninety-two percent Penn State football is first, ninety-one percent Indiana basketball is second, ninety percent Ohio State football is third. Nathan, if we thought about that, the three programs where it's like, ah, oh, that that sport, that people are nuts for that sport, and the other sport just can't compete. Does that sound right to you that the top three are Penn State and Ohio State football and Indiana basketball? I think so. It's Ohio State is the interesting one there in some ways because the basketball program has had real success other mm-hmm. as opposed to Penn State basketball and Indiana football, where you've had like fleeting cosmetic success very rarely. But Ohio State has been, you know, a national championship contender like literally on the floor in the national championship game not that long ago really so that's the one where the disparity is is not it, it's just because of what the identity of football is to this state and to that to this university um and it has really not and I, and I don't know what the basketball team could ever do to correct that but maybe that's true of the other two as well i think point of information 15 years ago actually kind of is a long time that that's when the basketball program was in a national title game. Last. Yeah. Now they were, they made a final four a couple years after that, but we are, I, you know, it's not 50 years. It's not Jerry Lucas time, but we are somewhat significantly removed from Ohio state really being a team that during the season you're talking about, man, I think these guys can win a national title. Um, Steven, when we broke this down, on a scale of 1 to 14, and again, we weren't trying to match up the numbers, right? It wasn't like you had 14 points to work with. It's just an overall rating on a scale of 1 to 14. How much do people care about a program? I gave Ohio State basketball a 5, and you and Nathan both gave Ohio State basketball a 7. Why did you give Ohio State basketball a 7 in that care rating? I think part of it is... How we talk, how you, when you were describing it in that long soliloquy that I fell asleep during, is you have to wait it a little bit. And so the care of basketball does rise 
once football season is over. So once January hits and unless Ohio State's playing in the national championship game for football, it, it, there is a little bit of a flip of a switch there. And you do, you do start to see a little bit of the excitement go into there. And I don't know if that's the case at every school, whether it's this di- drastic of a change of like how much they care from a percentage standpoint, where let's say Penn State, for instance, people don't, when the football season is over, people still aren't going to the basketball games. Yeah. People at least go to the Ohio State basketball games when they get into the Big Ten schedule. And there is some attention that's paid there. So you, you got to factor in that as well of what happens when the thing that's actually most important isn't happening. And then you get a real gauge about how much people care. So five, seven, and seven were our ratings on a scale of one to 14 for Ohio State basketball. Nathan, for Ohio State football, we gave them a 13, a 13, and a 12. Not a 14. Again, this is like your satisfaction with the program. You know, they didn't win the national title last year. And by the way, they're coming off a loss to Michigan and they missed the playoff last year. So I, I don't think Ohio State football is a 14 right now. But it is super high. Do two 13s and a 12, does that seem right to you? And I will tell you that that was the highest football rating. It was slightly higher than Michigan's football rating that we gave them. Because again, context I don't know that people in Michigan are like, oh, man, I can't believe we didn't win the national title last year. Michigan fans are pretty darn happy right now, but we still rated Ohio State football fans as more satisfied. Do you think we're right there? I think so because it's been a longer uh, period of time now that you expect success in a different way if you're an Ohio State football fan. That you uh, as you guys uh, did a whole series of a few years ago i mean this is the one program that doesn't ever really collapse and even if you're talking about a shorter period of time now just from the start of the urban meyer era to now you have a reasonable expectation that this is a team that is in um a prominent place every week of the year all season and every season and i there aren't that they're just realistically there are a small 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 group of teams that you ever say that about so as much as there does seem to sometimes be this dissatisfaction with success here where it's like uh oh you beat iowa 54 to 10 but look at all these things that could have been better like that sort of thing i i think that in its own way justifies the 13 the 12 whatever you're giving it because it's it it's about the standards and there are places um i would put illinois basketball high on this list from someone who grew up in central illinois where the standards are insanely high but maybe not for justified reasons and ohio state they are i will say steven there was actually one program that got a slightly higher overall rating than ohio state football in the satisfaction rankings that we did and that was michigan state basketball the Michigan State basketball got 13s from all of us. Now, the thing that's interesting to me about that is Michigan State basketball, I think certainly right now, is is not a national title contender in the same way that Ohio State football is. That this that they have taken they have Izzo won one national title like whatever it is 23 years ago now, but they've yeah. been to the Final Four so often. I, I almost wonder if there isn't maybe a decent comparison between Tom Izzo and Nick Saban right now that that Shahan and I on the College Football Survivor Show on our Ooh. Apple Podcast bonus edition this week talked about the balance, the shifting power within conferences and what does it look like when one team rises up and sort of seizes power from another team. And nobody is suggesting that Nick Saban is losing it, but it feels like Georgia might be seizing the SEC and that Bama maybe isn't going to be the dominant program there now. And 
Michigan State is still great, but I don't know that people are saying like, oh, national title or bust for Michigan State. Is that actually why we put Michigan State higher? Because there's still a level of success, but there's a satisfaction without the high expectations that people can be very happy with an Ohio- a Michigan State basketball season without having the potential disappointment that may accompany an Ohio State football season because actually the expectations and standards for Ohio State football right now are the highest of any program in the Big Ten in any sport. It feels like they have Penn State, ex- like if you put it in football terms, they have Penn State expectations with Ohio State football success. And that's, that's a, a very good, good place. To, you know, because then it's almost like extra credit because it's like, just be good every year. Oh, wait, you're one of the best programs of the past 25 years? Well, we didn't ask for that, but thanks. We'll take it. And I think that's... Izzo has been able to live in that space for 25 years. And because of, I like the same in comparison between those two, because they're both legends who are dealing with us a little bit. I think Izzo's can happen a little bit more gracefully without a microscope on him of what's going on with the best program in the big 10. While with Izzo, it's like, we're almost going to watch that demise nationally just because it's football and Saban's built such a prominent been such a prominent figure in football is just a bigger college football is a bigger sport than college basketball. So I I like that. That's an interesting conversation. So we're talking about the idea of what it's like when, Hey, you know, when Ohio state football season ends, then people care about Ohio state basketball, Nathan, having the fact that you covered sort of the opposite of that. And Purdue is one of the five teams where people care more about the basketball program than they do about the football program. And really Michigan state is like a coin flip. There's a couple others that are pretty close coin flips. There really are. I think, you know what? I I had a misread on on Illinois, maybe a little bit. I was a little bit surprised that basketball was sort of significantly higher than Illinois football. To me, the three programs in this conference that stand out as absolutely no doubt about it: basketball first, or Indiana, Purdue, and Maryland. Right? Those were the three. I was like, well, you you, you know, it's going to be that. And again, that's why we're having this conversation now as basketball season starts, and Ohio State is playing Indiana and Maryland in their next two games. But what's it like at a program, Nathan, where basketball matters more than football? If the football team is doing poorly, do people tune out the end of football and just jump right into the start of basketball? Where at Ohio State, I mean, people are never. It's nice. Oh, Ohio State basketball beat Duke in November. It's like, well, that's nice. But there's a there's a ceiling to how excited people can be because like it's still football season, man. What do you want to do? What's it like when it's the opposite, Nathan? Yeah, at the time that I was covering it, it there were some real examples of that. I, the end of the Daryl Hazel era and the lead up to that, you were having seasons where you know two, three wins might have been your ceiling. And so by October, people are done. People are like, well, this is just what it is right now. And maybe it'll be good next year. But And, and then you've got a basketball team that is like winning Big Ten championships and, and certainly going to the NCAA tournament and um, making its run for that elusive Final Four. And the, the other thing, though, about basketball is that you have to be perfect in football to have that national success, really. Like you have to be, you know, you're talking about playoffs, national championships. You have to be like damn near perfect. You might get one loss if it's to the right team, but you have to be. And then in basketball, and that's the thing, what, what Michigan State has done, it just seems like like clockwork. Like every couple of years, it's like, oh yeah, Final Four. Like a team that you're not even expecting to be that good from Michigan State. They're like a, you know, a five seed or whatever, six seed, eight seed. 
and they're in the final four because that's just what Tom Izzo did. And that's just what that program did. And you get to, to build your uh, legacy a little bit differently in basketball than you can in football. If, but, but even having said that, it's still, it's still just so rare because that's produced a perfect example. They just, they haven't been in 40 years. All right. When we come back, we will reveal our proprietary nonsensical satisfaction rankings of Big Ten programs in football, men's basketball, next on Buckeye Talk. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. All right, Doug Lamarice, Nathan Baird, Stephen Means. If you, we'll send a poll out about this. I, I didn't want to like poll this overall because and I don't think anyone listening is like, oh man, I wish I could have voted in this thing that I still don't understand. So the, the point here is it really stinks to be bad in the thing that you care about. And that's why Nebraska's last. Nathan, like they are, they are stuck. This is a place where football will always be the big dog and they're terrible at it right now. They don't even have a head football coach. And so no matter how good Nebraska basketball is going to be, it just could never make up the, the margin here. We had with our combination of a vote out there and what we thought we had Nebraska football 74 to 26 ahead of the basketball program. And that might feel low to me. I know Nebraska's had some kind of little intermittent success with basketball, but 74% is is the care factor. And then, you know, our rating for them is horrible. This is tough. So this is a tough way to be a Nebraska sports fan right now. Yeah, I mean, basketball had its hot little moment with Tim Miles. They just built Pinnacle Bank Arena. They got this area built up. It was it was fun for like a minute there. And then that all fell apart. And at the same time, the football program was just continuing to to roll down the mountain. Uh, not that there's any mountains in Nebraska, but you know what I mean. Um, and it's, it's also the Corn program. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's still the program where I feel like there's the biggest gap to get you back to what is satisfaction. I mean, they're going to hire a new coach and there's going to be some, uh, a honeymoon period for him, I suppose. But like, you're still the worst or like next to worst team in the big 10 West, not the big 10, just the big 10 West. Like it just, just, you can't even get any traction in the weaker half of this league. And uh, until somebody can like consistently not just make it so you can't say that anymore, but actually have real success. I mean, I think the whole Nebraska mystique was built on being this, this national brand and even more so than Indiana basketball, I would say that they, they have just drifted so far from that to a point where I don't know if it's ever 
reclaimable. So then what, what, what it's going to have to be a complete recalibration of what, of what, what the people in that state, people, the, the fans of that program consider to be progress or success. But I don't think it's ever going to change like what they care about, right? It's, it's never going to become a basketball. State. No, no, so no. So they, no. this mm-hmm. is who they are. Now listen, and, and I'll admit this. Uh, one of the people, one of the the writers that we talked to said, well, if it's men's basketball, it's this, but if it's men's and women's basketball, then it would be this. And that is something we are just, it's our fault. We just are not prepared to talk about women's basketball in that way. And so I did not include that. And that's a shortcoming on our behalf. And we're admitting to it. We just, it would not be an educated conversation. Um, I think Nebraska's good at volleyball. I do think Very like, good. people yeah. find other things that you care about, right? You might get really jacked up about the volleyball team while the football team is struggling. You know, we didn't ask Minnesota writers about hockey or anything like that, right? So we're, we're acknowledging that there are other uh, very good programs in the Big Ten, but we, we focus this kind of on the Big Two for good and for bad, so that's what we're dealing with. So again, the perfect rating here would be 1,400, which is the max you could be as a 14, and then that's 100%. So 1,400 is the highest you can be. Nebraska's 196. That's terrible. Steven, Northwestern is 13th at 360, which is significantly ahead of Nebraska, but significantly behind the 12th place team. This is an 80-20 split for football. There's there's like okay satisfaction with Northwestern football, but they're having an awful year. And then basketball there, they had the NCAA tournament appearance however many years ago that was now, and I've, I've completely fallen off a cliff. So that 20% is practically a zero, but you can understand why, even though we went within the standards of Northwestern, that they are 13th on this satisfaction list. Does that sound right to you? Since we just left Northwestern and it took up to like five minutes before the game started for anybody to show up there who wasn't there to work. Yeah, this makes perfect sense. And the only reason it's this high is there is some recent success, right? They had that period yes. where they win the Big Ten West and then they suck. And then they win the Big Ten West and then they suck. And it's like, okay, cool. But Fitzgerald's found a little groove here. You're going to suck and then you're going to go to the Big Ten championship game, which I think is the ceiling for a program like that. But so I get it. Yeah, this is a uh, them being 13th. Their basketball program isn't very good and it's probably never going to be any good. And any success Northwestern is going to have is probably going to be linked to as long as Patrick Fitzgerald is there. And even that's starting to wane a little bit. Yeah, not a happy group, even with the the understanding of the standards, probably a, a little bit different there. 12th on this list, Nathan, this is basically a 50-50 school. And I do think the 50-50 schools are interesting. Iowa is 12th here. And that is generally because I think of what we all know is sort of this general dissatisfaction, at least with the offensive side of the football. Although Iowa has won its last two games and is not completely out of the Big Ten West race right now and did make the Big Ten football championship game a year ago. You know, the basketball program is pretty decent, but Nathan, we gave them pretty pretty middling satisfaction grades for football. Iowa's at 641, which is quite a bit ahead of Northwestern, which is in the 300s. But does, does Iowa 12th here seem right to you or does that maybe seem low because they did make the football championship game and the Fran McCaffrey basketball program is you know they just sent a lottery pick to the NBA it's a pretty competitive basketball program I like to think of the uh, Iowa football team having like the the scene in major league where they are uh, peeling 
a piece of clothing off of the owner that they all hate as like inspiration for the winning streak they're trying to go on. I think they're doing that with a big Doug Maurice mm. poster in the locker room. Happy that's to what, help. That's mm. they've, they've been on a run since you took down their guy. Um, they did. They did. They are. They are. I mean, they beat the. They played Purdue. Purdue took Iowa's best receiver and like made him an all Big Ten caliber receiver while Iowa doesn't have a passing game and they beat the pants off of Purdue last week. Yeah, I did not question. see that coming. So yeah. that was like a that was like a pretty good win. So is this is twelve too low then? It it feels a little low. I I would say though that with the basketball, it's it's been a weird mix of like success and shortcoming. Because they haven't yeah. been to, I think, the third weekend of, or third game of an NCAA tournament since maybe before since McCaffrey got there. Um, it, it's been a lot of like they win, but they don't win enough. They're always kind of held yes. back. You look at their you look at their their Big Ten records, and they're always around like eleven and nine in the Big Ten. Like they don't ever seem to really seize the moment. And and then on the football side of things. Uh, just having some enlightening conversations with people, there, there's like a fear around that program that, yes, Ference is seems to be – it seems to be waning a little bit. Although you're right, they did make the Big Ten Championship game just last year. and But that this fear that like, well, we can't wish for more than eight and a half wins a year because if you get rid of Ference, then what if – what if it all falls apart and now you're talking about them the way you talk about Nebraska and some of these other, like maybe it craters. And that's not really a healthy place to be as a fan. I think they feel a little bit trapped, right? Yes. Like they might end up being just good enough in football for no real change to happen. And then you're stuck in purgatory, but then you wind up rooting for a collapse and that's not that fun either. So I do, I do think there's some angst there. I do think it's an angsty fan base, even if, the success would tell you maybe they should be higher than 12th on this list. Nate, uh, Steven, 11th is Rutgers. I do think our perception of Rutgers was different than the Rutgers beat writer who said mm -hmm. it's significantly more football, even though there's been more success in basketball. I do think it's a football first school. They're at 679, which is, again, Iowa is 641. You know, the the Rutgers basketball program is is pretty competitive right now, Steven. does. But they still this is they are they are better in basketball right now, but they care more about football where they're still trying to get it going, which I think that's an, a perfect example of why they're this low, because the thing they're better at isn't the thing they care about the most. What do you think of a Ruck, of Rutgers being 11th? I wonder if that would have been the same had we done this in those years that Shiano wasn't here. Because I think part of That's the true. care is they've got a coach who can actually get it going there because he can recruit that area and he's proven to be able to do that before. So it's almost like the care is a, as an outsider, the care is a Shiano Rutgers football team, not necessarily just like a Rutgers football team. While yes, the basketball team's had some success the last couple of years. It's actually been pretty impressive, but it's only recent. It's not, a long-term thing where fans have had a lifetime to get behind it. Yeah. No, I think that's right. And I, and I do think, but again, the record, I think the, you know, the basketball thing might be a little more fleeting. I think they feel like Shiano's there for yeah. the long haul and something's brewing. So I, I think this is okay. Nathan tenth is Wisconsin and they don't have a head football coach right now. Their breakdown for us was about two thirds, one third football, more important again, you know, back in the Bo Ryan era, when Wisconsin kind of had it going on all cylinders in both sports, I would have been curious how we might have viewed that. 
they're a pretty good program that like maybe won't be a pretty good basketball program that maybe won't be an NCAA tournament team this year. With with the upheaval in the football program, does this feel right for Wisconsin to be tenth, Nathan, or is this a little low? I'm trying to remember what I gave Wisconsin. I think I had it more, maybe a little bit more even split than you guys did between football and basketball there, just because of how how good they had been for so long in basketball. The like they had become the sort of um, the team that you always expected to be there come hell or high water. Somehow, Bo Ryan was going to have that team in contention to win a Big Ten championship going into like the last week of February. It just seemed like they were always there. And, and getting them, they that felt like an important breakthrough in a time when like only Michigan State was really doing anything at the national level. It felt like what Wisconsin did and what um, John Beeline did at Michigan were like an important breakthrough for the Big Ten to like get to a championship game, get to a Final Four, have somebody else be in the mix a little bit instead of it just being this monopoly. But the other thing is that football, while it was clearly going askew this year, I think they think they might have their guy. Like they've played pretty well since Jim Leonard yep. took over, and I think that they will probably. If I was a fan there, you would have some optimism that this was a bump in the road, that it was time to make a change, but that all along you had the solution. And now it's just a matter of making sure that you uh, ensure that transition as opposed to um, screwing up and letting him get away and go somewhere else and then prolonging um, the, the spiral that was kind of starting. And I do think this is probably like the lowest Wisconsin could be in something like this, right? Right. That, this is like the worst case scenario and they're 10th. I will say that the Wisconsin person that I talked to said 70, 30 football. So, you know, boots on the ground. So that's certainly factored into our rating here. Steven ninth is Minnesota. Wisconsin and Minnesota are both in the 700s here for our rankings. Uh, Minnesota and, and in the mix, like a little bit of an uptick here with PJ Fleck, I think generally pretty good. And then Ben Johnson, sort of a teardown and rebuild with the basketball yeah. program. What do you think of Wisconsin of, of Minnesota being ninth here? This is a good spot for them. And honestly, I think you might be able to make a case that maybe they should be higher because yeah. I think Fleck has maximized Minnesota at this point. And I, all he's kind of missing is a trip to the Big Ten championship game. But even that, as you know, they're, they're clearly they slip up every year at this point and don't necessarily always get there too. Minnesota's football team kind of is what it is, and it's the same thing with the basketball team. I don't know what the expectation is for Ben Johnson. If this team is supposed to be, hey, if he really gets it going, they're going to be in the top four seed, or if he really gets it going and they're still going to be just middle of the pack at best. It's Minnesota's a, just an interesting space because it isn't a big city, and you would expect that. You know, especially in this NIL world now, that maybe they could get some things clicking with the right, you know, people around that city, but that doesn't seem to be happening for either sport right now. And so those fans of both of those sports can just have low expectations and put all their energy in the hockey. I, I do think these are like pretty medium expectations that are kind of being met right now, which yeah. is why you're ninth. And I, I think they're probably generally pretty happy. The overall. A uh, care breakdown for us was 60 football, 40 basketball. So I think, again, that's one of those, one of these programs where it's, it's kind of balanced, kind of in the middle. Nathan, eighth is Indiana, and this is entirely basketball. And this is entirely, they're the preseason. Are they not the preseason Big Ten pick? 
to win it all. This is like this is like Mike Woodson excitement. They had like the preseason Big Ten player of the year. They had maybe the, the Big Ten freshman of the year in basketball. The thing they care about, which had been dead, Nathan, if we did this two years ago, Indiana basketball was like Nebraska football. It's the thing that people really cared about. And it was dead. Archie Miller and Scott Frost. I mean, my gosh, Spider-Man meme, right? I mean, what is the difference there? But is Mike Woodson saving them? Is Mike Woodson bringing it back? This is, again, this is our interpretation of this. And this is back to, I did not re-ask the Indiana and Maryland writers this question. So in the summer, when I asked Zach Osterman this, he said 90-10. And that's basically where we all wound up together. The final ranking was 91-9, to right? 91 basketball, 9 football. They're terrible at football, Nathan. And they have high expectations for basketball, but it's not like they've really proven anything yet, right? They were they a first four team last year? Like they barely made the tournament a year ago. Yeah, right. um, but at least they've they have a pulse again. Is this too high for Indiana at eighth? Because again, it's it's based on one sport and and not actually success, but hope in that sport. Right. Well, it's it's combination of both. It's like it's you're still Indiana. You still have blue blood credentials. You still are considered one of the great college basketball programs of all time. And again, in basketball, it's different than with Nebraska. Like Nebraska has lost and it can never get back probably what it was in football. But Indiana could get it back. Indiana could go on a run where it makes multiple Final Fours in a short amount of time and wins a couple of national championships or whatever, Like, and, and could, could seize that back because the sports are so different. And I, I, it does feel a little bit high only because, like you said, it's they got a little bit – they got something back, but it's like it's, it's like the, 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 the least amount of success you could have and call it like a step forward. And yeah. and now they've all now they they jump right to now all these expectations, you know, and Trace Jackson Davis, who I think is hurt and is trying to play through an injury now or something, something with his thumb. So uh-huh. like we'll see how that goes, but it's early. Um, I I just wonder like it, it's it's you're asking an awful lot now for them to jump from where they were completely off the radar and kind of scuffling to now you're going to be one of the best teams in the country kind of overnight. But it, it's just so much – it is easier to attain in basketball. You get two dudes, two or three, and you can you can put something together. And, and again, there are some very specific moments, I think, reflected here. Indiana is right at a moment where they're back from the dead, and they're so happy. They're just happy to be alive again. And the expectations have not yet set in. But we're probably two years removed from people being like, oh, I can't believe Mike Woodson's only a seven seed. What's wrong with this guy? Right. And Wisconsin is at a low ebb because they've been the best team in the West, but they fired their coach. So that football program is like, well, I don't know. Like, how are we this bad? So this is a unique moment for Indiana to be eighth and Wisconsin to be 10th on a list like this. Steven, seventh is Maryland barely ahead of Indiana. Indiana's rating is 849. Maryland's is 857. In our overall breakdown, it was 67% basketball for Maryland, 33% football. And I think there's some excitement around Kevin Willard and sort of a rejuvenation of the basketball program. And guess what? The football team's pretty good. So I think Maryland fans are generally feeling pretty darn good right now and for maryland to be seventh in the big 10 in a ranking like this i think is pretty darn good for maryland sports maryland basketball got weird because coach quit three games yep. into the season 
And it's like, what are you going to do? So I think the football program started upticking at the right time to mask that a little bit and give fans. It's almost like you waved the shiny thing at a cat long enough to, you know, do whatever you needed to do to distract the cat for a little bit. And that's what happened here. And so now the football program, we'll see if Loxley ever takes that next step or if this is just what he is at Maryland. It's kind of hard just because I know we're getting rid of divisions, but at least for the next year, Year, next two years, he's going to have to deal with the fact that he's in the Big Ten East with Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State. So that might be is what it is. But reset on the basketball program, and let's see what that is in two years. If we're, they're right back in the style of things, competing for you know the top seed in the Big Ten tournament every year. But you know, I do think Maryland three and three, six and three overall this year. Like yeah. I, I think this is like solid this season. Is- quite satisfied i think again mm-hmm. on the curve of it's not as much joy as the maximum joy that an ohio state football fan might feel but i think i think maryland football fans are showing up at the stadium and feeling pretty good about themselves on a week-to-week basis yeah are they, they the, sick well, i was just asking was maryland like the team that was benefiting the most from its lesser half right now or it's 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 the, the half that people care about less Probably. you know i'm asking like it's Probably. yeah, like they're they're the team that what well, you said it was like sixty seven thirty three or whatever, but you know like you said they're six and three you know they're gonna they're about they just lost and it's about to be an official losing streak because their next two games are are Penn State and Ohio State, so they're about to be six and five probably, but still exactly. like there's there you're 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 already bowl eligible and you have aspirations to have like an eight win season and. That, that that counts for something. A lot of the places that where we're saying that the other half only cares like 30% or less, it's because there's no success there. Yeah. Uh, our ratings, the foot, the basketball team, that was two-thirds of it, were, that was an 8.7 on a scale of 1 to 14. And the football team, which is 33% of it, they were an 8.3. So an 8.3 success rating for a thing that's only one third of what you care about is pretty good for the thing that you don't care about. So I do think that's a point. That's a point we'll take it as compared to, for instance, Nathan, Penn state, which is one spot ahead of Maryland where Penn state basketball, just like people are never going to care about it. And they did make a couple tournaments a couple years ago, but there's just an absolute ceiling on any kind of consistency with that Penn State basketball program. And so we gave Penn State football a 9.7, and we gave Penn State basketball a 1.7. But again, it's 92% football, 8% basketball. That's why Penn State, with that terrible basketball situation, is as high as it is. Their overall point total is 906. They're in sixth place here, Nathan. Does that sound about right to you even for us? Does, how, how did you rate Penn State football? Right, You're thinking 1-14, to 14, like they're good. They want to be great. They're not great. They beaten, James Franklin's beaten Penn State once. They lost to Michigan this year. They're falling behind Michigan. Like, Was this a hard rating for you to try to figure out the satisfaction with Penn State football? Well, I had a 98-2 to two disparity care yeah. between football and basketball. <laughs> um, and then I, I gave Penn State a 10 in, bas- in football. Okay, and because I mean, listen, you're you're consistently like a top fifteen program, and you at least keep going toe to toe with Ohio State and not getting embarrassed. And even Michigan hasn't been able to say that consistently for a while. Like you are kind of the on field nemesis for Ohio State in a lot of ways until Michigan finally broke through last year. So I think that that counts for something, but I also think that. At Penn State, there's still a bit of a wound there that they are 
digging themselves out of. And so it's a team that's going to win, you know, 10, 11 games a lot of the time. But do, uh, but what is their are, – are, are they a little bit also – do they feel a ceiling there? Like is – are they satisfied um, – not being a national championship contender right now, do they think that that is not something that is really annually what what they should be doing? I don't know. That 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 was the tougher thing for me. I don't know if I have a great read on what they think the program should be. Like they, because I think do they look around the rest of the Big Ten and say, well, we're not Ohio State, and we are pretty great among the teams that aren't Ohio State. Yeah, I, I, I don't my, think but... Penn State football fans are miserable going to the stadium most Saturdays. I think they're pretty happy most Saturdays. I do wonder, though, because I gave them a 10, too, but I probably would describe mine as a falling 10 a little bit, and it's more just out of, I think Nathan used the right word, fear there, because Michigan has turned itself into a playoff contender two years in a row now. And so at this point, you're clearly third in the conference, while also you're adding two new variables here very quickly to the conference, one of which is also expected to be a playoff contender in USC. And we'll see how much you know further Kelly can take that UCLA program. But you could quickly fall fourth here, and you already weren't making a four-team playoff because you were third. And if you're fourth, you're probably not making a 12-team playoff. And so to Nathan's point, it's like at some point you keep bumping your head on the ceiling and do things need to change. And I wonder if, yeah, they get excited every Saturday, especially on those night games, but do fans get a little squirmous in their seats if it's like, man, we were already not making a four-team and now we can't make a 12-team when we're the type of team that expansion was supposed to help? Yeah, and I like it how much how they reset their expectations do they do mm-hmm. they accept that and admit that and are they pretty happy with nine and three or is it like no we want to be in the playoff conversation and why why aren't we we're not satisfied right and listen it was just last year penn state was on the field with a pretty bad illinois team losing in seven overtimes or whatever like they are uh, susceptible to some things that clearly ohio state is not and really even Michigan is not like they, you know, Michigan was having trouble winning big games for a while, but they weren't losing games like that. And there've been some other circumstances mm-hmm. at Penn state, whatever, but it's, I know someone I do think that is unsatisfied is James Franklin, just from listening to comments he's made that, that I don't think he thinks that the full support is there to, to do the things that is maybe attainable for them. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch in the coming years to see if that's something that they fix, whether that's facilities, whether that's other other upgrades that need to be made within the program. But like, are they, how do we look at them? Are they more like Iowa or are they more like someone who's supposed to be challenging Ohio State? And it is just, you know, when you try to compare it, Ohio State and, and Penn State are both in like the 90-10 range and caring about football the most. But like Ohio State basketball is so much better than Penn State basketball, right? Which we reflect in our ratings, but it's still just about like how big the big dog is that I do think Penn State and, and Ohio State fans in the care factor think about it a lot the same way. Illinois, Stephen, barely ahead of Penn State. Penn State was 906. Illinois is 911. And I'll tell you what, like they're they're pretty competitive and pretty good at both things right now, and I think it's kind of fun to be an Illinois sports fan at the moment. They're very good at the thing people care about, and BLM is getting something rolling. 
over there with that football team who was in a position to get to the Big Ten championship game. This is Nathan. You mentioned it earlier. Is there any team where the team that the fans don't care about as much helping prop up their ranking a little bit? I think Illinois has a case for being that as well here. Yeah, and and I was a little surprised. Like Nathan, having grown up in Illinois, it's just it definitely is like basketball two thirds, one third. Like is that just a, that's just a general deal? Definitely, basketball is more the identity of the state. If you start thinking about the the basketball tradition of Chicago, the basketball tradition of Peoria, um, and what they've done within the last, you know, it was more of like a '90s thing, I suppose. But like, it's just, it's more of a basketball state than it is a, a football state in a lot of ways. And then the basketball program had, you know, under Lou Hansen getting to a Final Four and uh, getting to the championship game with. Um, the Bruce Weber a few years after that, like it, 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 it's been more of a nationally prominent basketball program and getting guys to the NBA, that sort of thing. So, and I even, I, I had, I had mentioned this to my brother and he, um, he was a big Illinois fan and had gone onto one of his message boards and asked, like, and it kind of crowdsourced it. And he said that it was more like, yeah, 70, 30, 65, 35 was kind of the, the general consensus of that's directly from the fans. Like who care? What do they care more about? Oh, well, can he send listeners to this podcast? Because we are here <laughs> for all big 10 fans. If he wants to get on the, uh, well, I don't know if it, is he like Beanfield boy 26 or whatever he is on the <laughs> message board. I don't know. Beanfield Baird. Um, if you, if you want to send listeners our way, we certainly, nobody else is doing this. That's the thing that I like that is like, what is this? And it's like, well, nobody else is doing it. It's weird, but it's unique, Buckeye talk. Purdue is fourth, 975. This is heavy, heavy basketball. Uh, we had 6931 as our overall basketball versus football rating. And you certainly, Nathan Baird, are, are qualified to speak on this. This is another situation where the lesser cared about program is doing a pretty nice job. They had a very nice year a year ago. They're at least in the mix in the Big Ten West. You know, coming off an Iowa spanking isn't great, but they're they're competitive. They're still living a little bit off a 2018 Ohio State football win. You know, Jeff Brom. I mean, like you can go. You know, you will have more good Saturdays than bad Saturdays. I think as a Purdue football fan right now. And then you know, Matt Painter is is Matt Painter. Does does Purdue fourth feel right to you? It's a little surprising when I first hear it, but I think it's probably right. They also just had, they also just had like the the most Purdue basketball season of all time in some ways, except it didn't involve like a heinous injury. But like you know, to be as good as they were, Jaden Ivey's there. This guy is going to be an NBA like high lottery pick, and then it just all they lose to St. Peter's, and it's just like every there's always something in this. There's always some devastation kind of waiting for this team in basketball where they can't just quite have that that full breakthrough that they've been looking for. But it wasn't that long ago on the football side of things that I had friends who only had football season tickets because it helped them get better basketball season tickets. Like that's, that was the the equation that the athletic department does, whatever. So, and, and they were, you know, they would sell their tickets or I think sometimes they just didn't even care. Like it was, (laughs) it was almost like they were eating the loss just to get the, the, as good of basketball tickets as they could get. So, that has definitely helped. The fact that they have stabilized in football again, they're, they're it's the kind of program that is only going to, you know, once a decade make some kind of a fleeting run to make a Big Ten championship game, maybe. 
um, and probably less than that once you go to no divisions, right? Like now they're one of the people that's in a very advantageous situation in football because all you have to do is try to be the least bad team from the West one year. And then now that it's going to be go to away from divisions, that door is going to be closed to them maybe a little bit, but basketball, it's just very consistently like, you know, I'm trying to think of the years that I covered them. It felt like they were always a double buy team in the big 10 tournament, winning multiple big 10 championships in that, time and you know being within an eyelash of going to one final four so the 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 success is is expected in in basketball and they're backing it up uh there is just a little bit of fan angst again because 1980 the last time they've been to a final four all right that's purdue at four when we come back we will do the top three in our fan satisfaction rankings in the big 10 next on buckeye talk doug and nathan back steven actually had to leave so nathan and i will take this home for the top three, and Michigan State is third. 991, not that far ahead of Purdue. This is Hall of Fame coach and a great program in basketball, and they are coming off a great year in football with Mel Tucker. Last year, I think they believe in Mel Tucker. This year has not gone as well, but also they just beat Illinois, which is a nice win. So I do think there's like belief in the in the football program, Nathan, even though this is not a the year that people expected. But this is obviously, you know, but it's about a 50-50. This is the most equal, right? We said it was 51-49. This is the most evenly distributed in the care factor, um, the way that we looked at it. And when we looked at the ratings, it's pretty equal in that um, as well. Like, is this, I don't know, like, is this right? Does this feel pretty good? And is, is this right for Michigan State or is this maybe even too high? I think it's about right again, just because of the the basketball program having that identity of being a little bit the the standard bearer of the Big Ten for for such a long period now. Though, like the one Big Ten program that um, demands national respect, so I think that means something. But really, what Mel Tucker did last year, I mean, to go from a a, a really tough situation, like taking over a program during the during the pandemic, was not not easy, and and things that really tailed off at the end of the Antonio era, and then to have them, you know, in the top five at one point last year, winning eleven games, as much as things have been rough there the last couple of weeks in football, although as you said, you know, beating Illinois, I, I think you're right that there is a belief that where they were and being nationally relevant in football a few years ago on a regular basis. I mean, you know, multiple years in a row of being a top five program, um, you know, finishing, what was it? I'm looking at some numbers now, like three years in a row where they finished in the top six of the final AP poll for, for Michigan state. And that's something that now we reserve in our, the way we think about the big 10, you don't think of any team other than Ohio state and maybe now Michigan getting that started. Like that's the only teams you think of in that capacity. And, and Michigan state was, was clearly at that level. And I think that Tucker has given some indication that that is achievable, but this year has also been a step back. I think so if I were, I could understand there being some wariness too, of where is this going to go? And is it going to be this wildly inconsistent from year to year? And, and I misspoke. I don't want to pretend that we ranked Michigan State football as good as Michigan State basketball. We gave Michigan State basketball a 13. We gave Michigan State football a 6.7. And again, it's about 50-50. So um, I do think they have recovered from the angst 
that accompanied the end of the D'Antonio era, how D'Antonio left, the coaching search. They couldn't get anybody. Mel Tucker came in in the COVID year, and it was weird. And it was like, oh, my gosh, like, is are they going to lose all the juice that Mark D'Antonio brought to them for, you know, the better part of a decade? And then I think last year got that back. So it's like, okay, this year's not great, but like at least again, we're not done. We're not Nebraska. We're not, you know, we're not in a pit. And you can see how this football program can be good again. And I think they believe it's in good hands. And that is, is it? So that's pretty good. And that puts Michigan State third at 991. Again, Purdue is 975. And I thought, Nathan, Nathan, who do you think is number one? Is it Ohio State or Michigan? In our opinion of fan satisfaction, I think it might be Michigan. I thought it might be too, but it's not. Hmm. Michigan is second at 1,166. Ohio State is first at 1,206. And this is, I think, an acknowledgement still that just like the the Ohio State football standard and like the the dominance in the rivalry is is still just there enough in football that there's a football edge for Ohio State and then that matters more because they care more about football. So the football ratings are actually pretty close, but both of those football ratings are above either basketball rating and Ohio State's football rating matters more because Ohio State is like 90-10 mm-hmm. and Michigan is more like 67-33. So even though the football ratings are pretty equal, Ohio State's football team carries the day more than Michigan's does, which puts Ohio State on top. So it's almost like the idea that, well, Ohio State's basketball team hasn't been as great lately. We think people care more about football. Michigan's basketball program has clearly been better which makes them care more about basketball, which puts Ohio State on top because neither of those basketball programs are as good as the football program. It's a little convoluted thinking, but it's also what we're trying to do here, Nathan, is reflect satisfaction. And and I think Ohio State fans, since the peak of the Mata era, just have leaned even harder into football. And football in the playoff era is is in the mix for a national title every single year. And even when you don't achieve it, there is, I think, a lot of satisfaction to being in the mix. Just like we talked about with Izzo and Michigan State basketball. You matter. So Ohio State basketball, has it mattered that much lately on the national scene? No. Well, that's why it's 90-10 for football. So it's very close. I agree with you. I maybe would have guessed Michigan, but I can understand how with this formula, Ohio State did come out on top? Or do you think it's just bad math by Doug? (laughs) Well, the reason that I thought it might be Michigan was just because I thought maybe the Michigan and Ohio State satisfaction in football were going to be pretty similar. And then the the Michigan, it depends on where we had had ranked the satisfaction for Michigan basketball, because again, it's, it's been, uh, uh, they've been right there. I mean, what they did under John Beeline. And then I, I feel like there's been some, reason to believe that Juwan Howard's got something going there. So, but I also think that there is no, I mean, what is the standard bearer program for like the entire big 10, like the, the most visible program, the most um, lucrative program, the like whatever you want to say, like the most visible program, it's Ohio state football. Like that's, that is the, 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 
the central program of the Big Ten is Iowa State football. And it's been interesting when you think about this because often you come out, you come off a Big Ten football season, and the football season has been Ohio State is pretty darn good. They're in the mix with just about anybody. And then you think, oh, the rest of the Big Ten, like, they, I don't know if they compete so well, right? Like that, Penn, you know, Penn State in 16, Michigan last year, you know, Michigan State at times has changed that equation a little bit. But then you often would go into a, a Big Ten basketball season, Nathan, where it's like, oh, man, the Big Ten, they might be the best conference in the country. And that was not a conversation. Nobody has ever said, we all know who the best conference in the country is in football. People sometimes say the Big Ten might be the best conference right. In basketball. And then you get to March, and inevitably the Big Ten disappoints everybody in the NCAA tournament. But they get the most bids, they have the most high seeds, and then they haven't won an NCAA basketball tournament in 20-plus years now. So there is this kind of thing where I have often felt – and again, there was a time, right, when – I mean, this is what I was doing. I was covering hardcore Big Ten football all year, and I went right into hardcore Big Ten basketball. I was very entrenched in both sports, and it felt like – Big Ten basketball was healthier. Like, there was no doubt about that. But the healthiest individual program was Ohio State football. But if you had done an individual ranking of, hey, let's do the top 10 Big Ten programs, football, men's basketball, you might have done Ohio State football, eight basketball programs, and then Michigan football, right? That I, I mean, definitely, and, and maybe we're not quite at that point now. But it is such a standard bear, right? Michigan State basketball has been right there. Fizzo had three titles instead of one. I think maybe you could make an argument that, uh, no, in the past 20 years, the number one Big Ten program in, in these two sports actually is Michigan State basketball. But it's not. It's Ohio State football has two titles since since Izzo has his last title and has been right in the mix as much as Michigan State basketball is. So I do think in the end it makes sense for Ohio State to be on top. And I'll just be curious because I do think – and, and I gave it lower satisfaction ranking. I think people know I'm just like a little kind of lukewarm on the Holtman era in general. And I still just am like very curious, Nathan, about like I just don't know how much people are enjoying it. Like there's success and there's enjoyment. There's, you know, winning and then there's satisfaction. It's like I just – I think much of the time like Ohio State basketball fans have left the season unsatisfied. Because that is directly related to a lack of success in March. No Sweet 16s, no second weekends. But, you know, even you know the year where they were a two seed and they lose to a 15, it's like, well, the rest of that season was pretty good, but I don't think people left satisfied. And that's just different than if Ohio State doesn't win the national title, there's something that I think every Ohio State football fan would say, well, I'm not satisfied. We're a national championship level team. But then I don't think most – I don't think people – when they get to the end of the football season, like, oh, that was a catastrophe. Now, maybe last year when you lose to Michigan. That's a different That's thing. That's exactly like, what Even I was. other times, it's like, okay, well, you know, they went to the Rose Bowl in Urban's last year and they beat Washington. That's ah, pretty good. And like 2019, boy, they were really good all year. And oh, man, it would have been nice to beat Clemson, but they probably weren't going to beat LSU anyway. I don't know that, you know, they were upset about the Clemson semifinal loss, but I don't think people walked away and said, like, why well, was a worthless year? You know what I mean? I think more often than not, there is an, an angst in the midst of the season, but I think more often than not, Ohio State football fans leave the season happy, asterisk, as long as that season includes a win over Michigan. Well, that's the thing. Like, There's no single game in all Big Ten sports that means as much as Ohio State-Michigan. And so all those years where you could talk about, oh, 2015, 2017, like all these years that were like 
Ohio State falling short of what it maybe should have been, could have been on a national level, at least you're still beating Michigan. Sometimes you're beating the crap out of Michigan. So at least you're emphasizing that rivalry. And that's, I, I don't mean, you know, we didn't, we hadn't experienced that in so long until watching that team last year. So that's what, what is this satisfaction ranking if Ohio State doesn't, win that game again this year like it's they're yeah. on the precipice of of being hit with some real dissatisfaction i think and it's again but again that's how how high the bar is set like there's nothing like that in basketball anywhere in this conference really anywhere in the country like i, I don't care what the what rivalry you're talking about you know duke sweeps two uh, games against north carolina but north carolina wins a national championship i, I don't think the championship is diminished as much in the minds of North Carolina fans. I mean, they're upset, but it's like, it's, it, it doesn't define your season. It doesn't the way that this game does and this game will like, it's, uh, we can talk all we want about like the ways that like maybe two big 10 teams get in, but like the, the game that's developing here in two weeks is uh, about to be massive and it will, there will be repercussions like that number changes possibly depending on whether Ohio State wins or loses that game. Yeah, started Ohio State football actual losing streak against Michigan and and satisfac- satisfaction is is not a word I think that you would associate uh, with Ohio State football fans at that point. But for now, they're number two. They're playing well. Run game, we get it. But I, there's a lot of hope that they certainly can beat Michigan this year. But yeah, get back to us on that. All right, final rankings. Ohio State won 12.06. Michigan 2, 1166. Those are the only teams above 1,000. Again, the max is 1,400. Michigan State 3rd, 991. Purdue 4th, 975. Illinois 5th, 911. Penn State 6th, 906. So four teams in the 900s. Two teams in the 800s. Maryland 7th, 857. Indiana 8th, 849. Two teams in the 700s. Minnesota 9th, 798. Wisconsin 10th, 751. Two teams in the 600s, Rutgers 11th, 679, Iowa 12th, 641, then a huge drop-off, 13th is Northwestern at 360, and 14th is Nebraska at 196. So again, the high is 1,206, the low is 196, and that is some indication of the difference in satisfaction between Ohio State sports fans right now. And Nebraska sports fans. I, you know, I like the crossover stuff. Certainly got some of the rants that are like, hey, basketball pod, like whatever. We get it. But there are some people here who care about basketball. But I always like Nathan. I just like context of stuff like this. And I love situations where you can compare Ryan Day to Juwan Howard and Tom Izzo to Brett Bielema and have conversations like that. We've certainly done that at times. But we're also going to chill out on basketball for a while now. We did a full basketball pot on Tuesday. We did this context on this Thursday. But guess what? Ohio State has uh, two football games left before Michigan, and and I think we're be talking only football from now on. Do you like? But you lived the crossover life, right? When you were covering both sports, I mean, it, maybe it just is different because Stephen does that now. You did that in the past. I've done that in the past. It does affect how you see things, right? Because you do end up really thinking about. I think the sports in a much more connected way. And we know there are a ton of Ohio state fans who really do care about both. And you also saw that the, you know, especially at a place maybe like Purdue, like the, when the football program stinks, it affects basketball. Like you want to have a good 
atmosphere on weekends to bring your official visits to and stuff like that. And it, there's some, there's some balance there where they, they, they suffer as a, as an extension of when the other program isn't doing well. And it's, football has a greater effect than the other way around, obviously. Um, so I, I'm very curious what Nebraska can ever do. I mean, that is a doing this like really puts in perspective where that program is and what it was supposed to be for the Big Ten. And now with uh, we'll have to do this again in a few years with a 16 team Big Ten instead of 14 and um, programs, a program that may be even more irrelevant by then when you when you bring in these two, you know, two teams that right now are in like what the top 12 or whatever USC and UCLA and still in the playoff race and you're pushing a program like Nebraska again, just like such a once proud program um, farther down the list. And what is the big 10 path for them to anything that resembles satisfaction? I mean, that's like a, an interesting point. You think about UCLA basketball and what UCLA basketball has been the last couple of years, right? And the tournament success that UCLA basketball has had. And then by the way, their football teams in the playoff mix this year. Like that is, you know, because whatever UCLA does, we're talking about there are four programs that clearly are basketball first in the Big Ten. UCLA will make it five. So, I mean, there's, right, nobody thinks like, oh, well, I don't know. I mean, Chip, you know, basketball is always going to be first there. And so that, it's it's not something that's been front of mind for me, certainly, to think about. Because you mostly, when you think about the, the new additions, you think USC football, USC football, USA football, UCLA basketball, man. Like obviously from a tradition standpoint, but they have been really relevant in March the past couple of years, which is pretty fun. And they're coming. So more to talk about. Thanks to you guys for being part of it. If the math scared you off, I apologize. It kind of scared me off. And I know, Nathan, I think you were looking down at your phone at some points Unless you were nodding off, I don't think you were nodding off. You weren't actually falling asleep. During no, the I, I, right? no, I, I, no, I, I actually needed something. I, I've been sick the last twenty-four hours, and I needed something to keep me engaged when I wasn't talking because I might have fallen asleep. Because I've been, people can probably hear it in my voice that I've yeah. been, I've been pretty wrecked the last twenty-four hours. All right, well, uh, uh, feel better, and we will be at the Indiana game at noon on Saturday, and we will be back with a preview podcast and guess what we're going to do also we are going to do a little rapid fire within that preview because this was not this is often the rapid fire podcast where the three of us are engaging with texters and taking you know hitting a lot of different topics we'll do sort of a mini rapid fire because my gosh how often how much do you have to talk about indiana football not very much. So the Friday pie will be some rapid fire, some preview, plus our picks, plus T-Shoe will be back this week. We'll have a Betting the Buckeyes gambling podcast on Friday as well. For now, for Stephen Means and Nathan Baird, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was Buckeye Talk.